It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Hello, everyone, and welcome into the Take Talk Podcast. My name is Steve O'Rourke, and as always, I'm with my co-host, Brett Whitefield. Brett, how are you doing this morning? Oh, that was the best intro ever because the the timer skipped a beat, so you were you weren't sure when to come in. That was funny. I know. I was like, I was I like had the countdown going in my head, and then I looked up, and the countdown was at one, and I was like, oh no, I'm halfway in through. I'm half, halfway through. Hello, right now. Yeah, it, it froze on three for a second. That's why, and then it like sped back up. That was that was super weird. Um. Yeah, well, Steve, Steve, I'm doing good, man. Uh, I love that intro, though. We are we're back today. We're gonna what talk about corners, cornerbacks. Yeah, figure start with wide receivers, move right to their yeah their combatants. Yeah, and we're we're gonna do this positional ranking series as we we always like to talk team building on this podcast. So, but Steve, before we get into that, I gotta. Uh, Got to get something off my chest. I was gonna say, you look like you guess you, you look like you got something on your chest there. I think you need to pull it off. Yeah. So as you know, for basically the last fourteen plus months, we've been promoting this this perspective data tool that's coming out. Oh yeah, it's been a long journey. You know, we've been going above and beyond to make sure that this thing is the best it can possibly be. It's the best tool that ever comes on the market, and I think we've done a pretty good job of that. I think this tool is the best tool that's ever going to be on the market available to the public. I think it's incredible. I think this is this tool is if I were to place a, a monetary value on what I think a user should be willing to pay for this tool, I would say about 500 bucks a year. Wow. Yeah, that's how much I believe in it. Now, I was willing to settle in our in our team meetings, Steve, I was willing to settle. I realized five hundred dollars is extreme for any consumer facing product. So you don't necessarily want to be considered pretentious. Of you course. Know? But uh, so I was willing to settle. I threw out numbers like two hundred dollars for a season, even considered one fifty. But the incompetent leadership here at Fantasy Point, <laughs> Scott Barrett has decided that not only is this tool going to hit market, it's going to hit market for $100, which is one-fifth of what I wanted to charge for this product. But it gets worse, Steve. It gets worse. Because Scott Barrett has decided that for the first year, this tool will be 50% off, and it will only cost $50. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. I don't understand how this is even a thing. I don't understand how we got to the spot where Scott just said, you know what, Brett, you don't ever need to retire one day. <laughs> we're, we're throwing that out the window. I'm a man of the people and I want to give the people the best tool ever invented for $50. I don't understand how we got here, but here we are. And I'm a little chuffed about it, Steve. So I thought I could air, air the, the company dirty laundry here on the take talk podcast. Um, Scott is villain number one for me right now. Public enemy number <laughs> one. Uh, you got, I, you got I, the proverbial rug pulled right out from underneath. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
No, like I, I said, I was willing to admit five hundred dollars was extreme, you know. But I think I think the people should have to. It should cost them something, almost a piece of their soul. To <laughs> this, this, well, that's how good this tool is. <laughs> because that's because that's what we put into this. <laughs> yeah, because I put my soul into it. I don't have one. <laughs> my wife and kids hate me. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, this is ridiculous value. Um, I'm kind of making light of a funny situation, but I, Scott and I did have a, a good argument about this because this is insane value. $50 for the first year of this Fantasy Points data suite, which comes out in the first beta trial will be next weekend, Steve. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you'll be able to get in there and play with this thing as much as you want. And then we're going to take it away from you and we're going to force you to beg us to bring it back. <laughs> And here's the crazy thing. You're going to have to pay $50 at some point to bring it back. We'll probably even give you trials on trials because apparently Scott's the most generous man in the world. And even when we bring it back out of the beta, I'm sure you'll get a a 20-day trial or maybe a two-month trial. Who freaking knows? At some point, you're going to have to pay $50 for it, though. But Who knows when? Who knows when? I was going to say that they've been talking about just like what we're going to offer as like free tables. Yeah. And even that is like, oh god, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> I was like, it's like you can't even get that anywhere else. How are, we're just gonna give it away? You can't get that anywhere else for free. And we're just like, here, everybody, have a ball. Yep. Yeah. So I'm in a spot. It's an uncomfortable spot, but I gotta, I gotta trust the the leadership in the business. My John Hansen has been in this business for a really long time. I gotta give him some credit. He's built a few empires at this point, not just one, but multiple. So I got to I got to at least defer to the experts on this. Not where I would have gone point blank, not where I would have gone with the pricing there. But hey, this is what they decided. And we're going to roll with it. And honestly, there's no reason. How many people live on planet Earth, Steve? Seven billion something. Yeah, somewhere around there. No no reason. Seven billion something people shouldn't own this product because it's only going to be 50 bucks for one for, for the first year. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's what less than five dollars a month yeah less i know at least they at least go to 60 right so you can just say it's five bucks a month right no scott didn't want to do that and then even if you go just football season it's like less than ten dollars a month oh, that doesn't make me feel any better steve less than ten dollars <laughs> all season this is crazy but anyways guys you're gonna want to get your hands on this product i'm 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 actually not being silly. Like I actually was heated about this yesterday. I called Scott. We had a good, a good, uh, I would say, yell session. Yeah. At each other, and then ultimately I just said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's roll, Scott. And I told him I was going to air the dirty laundry on the podcast. So. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> as extensive as it can get. Like, just for like for everybody to know, we, a lot of us wanted this out last year yes like we wanted to work something out last year we have amazing developers on our side that told us to basically wait because they want to put out the best product possible we wanted to get it out and get going we let the developers do their thing and now i mean this thing is it's insane like it's so much more than yeah. most people would ever know what to do with to even begin with yeah and it targets like 
if you're a, a high-level betting guy, if you're a casual betting guy, if you're a high-level fantasy player or a casual fantasy player, if you're just a, a, a f- silly football geek and just want to geek out on, on stats and your favorite team's data, it, this yeah. tool's for you as well. If you're an analytics guy and you, you want to build some models with some cool stats, this tool's for you too. Like There isn't a person in the football space that this tool won't accommodate. Right. And it goes as deep as you want it to go. And it goes as shallow as you want it to go. It is incredible. Uh, Steve, why don't we spend two minutes talking about our process, how we yeah. get the data. So we have like, well, we have seven plus processes in growing of data collection where yep. we have guys that are charting participation. They're charting who's on the field, what they're doing on the field. So not just, you know, where they're standing, but also what they're doing on each play. Yeah. So assignments, we're charting assignments. We're charting... Um, a litany of performance-based metrics from QB accuracy to wide receiver separation to, uh, I guess that flips both ways, cornerback coverage. Yep. And, uh, you know, how well they're covering. We're, we're charting um, running backs and force missed tackles and yards after contact. We're charting run uh, schematic stuff, like run concepts, pass concepts, routes yep. run. You know, every single route a receiver runs gets charted. Um, and there will be a separation metric that comes out involving every single route a receiver runs, not just routes they're targeted on. Y- you will be able to go as deep as you want to go or as shallow as you want to go. This tool is going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited for it because I just like, again, like we said, with all the work that we've put into it and just the quality that you and me and Chris and all the guys at fantasy points really stand by, like it's there. This is not anything short of the best thing possible. We all could have put out and it's going to be worth all the headache it caused us because I'd like, again, it's such an extensive product that's going to help anyone and everyone with anything they want to football based at a very low price of, $50 $50 per, per year for the first year. Yeah. It's, much, it's, much to your dismay. It's crazy. Yeah. This is going to be lit, man. I'm, I'm super excited. The, uh, we've been waiting for this for a long time. The, Oh, one other thing it can help with. If you do your own podcast or any type of media and you want to quickly reference data points, you know, we'll have a B2B product where you can buy licensing for that. And you can just, you can literally build talking points for yourself for your entire podcast. And for us, Steve, it's going to be great because, you know, we have ways to access the data right now, but this tool is going to make it so much easier. Right. Like <laughs> we have, how many filters we to, are, we have to parse things a little bit more when we work yeah. with the data, but this is going to be so, in, so intuitive, so easy to use. Like you can do the widest breadth of like searches and you can do, the narrowest search search as possible where if you want to pull every guy at, at every position in a, in a metric you can whereas if you want to pull three guys be, with the very specific like specific requirements you can get that too like it's going to be the like everything it's it's incredible yeah you you could filter like the filter cap- filtering capability this is so insane you could you could decide this is just one example, by the way. You could just be like, hey, I want to know, you know, Patrick Mahomes' stats or yards per attempt when he's inside the 20 and he's targeting 
uh, single coverage against cover three. And you can get stats on that. Or you could say, I want to know what happens when he targets a hole in zone against cover four within the 20. And you can pull all the advanced metrics like that. You can pull his accuracy numbers, you know, on a performance level, an efficiency level. It's it's pretty insane. So, all right, let's let's move on. I feel better now <laughs> that I, I got that off my chest. Nah, I'm coming for you, but I love you. Anyways. Um, all right cornerbacks steve we want to talk about the the top 10 cornerback units in the nfl i if i had to guess steve i would say we you and i see this a lot differently than we saw receivers receivers we were very similar yes um even not necessarily like head-to-head rank but we were we had the same top 10 right i was gonna say i think we missed on like number 10 which yes, yeah you, you know you had that's and I had the Raiders in. Yeah. Oh, and then nine as well. You had Jacksonville. I had Pittsburgh. But point being is like we were pretty close on that. Yeah. I, I don't – I'm guessing because there's a lot more subjectivity with – because we don't have – receivers are easy because you have production numbers. Like why right. they access production numbers? So it's like you can almost lay out your best receivers without even thinking about it. Cornerback's right. a little bit harder. you got to take it into some more nuance, coverage schemes – performance within that scheme depth is really important for sure at corner so um i'm just get if i had to guess i would say we're, we're not as aligned on corners but who knows we'll see i've said that before and then i've been wrong so <laughs> um yeah do you do you want to kick it off yeah number one just go just launch right into number one yeah number one i i went with miami which, so <laughs> I mean, but that one, see, that one was where I was like, I think we're going to have the same number one because what yeah. Miami did in the offseason going to get Jalen Ramsey, pairing him with Xavier uh, Howard, and then drafting Cam Smith. Like, they just had a good offseason for their cornerbacks. And that's, I mean, Jalen Ramsey, everybody talked about last year, early in the year, how he fell off a cliff. He wasn't the same guy. The Atlanta game happened. He, I don't know if he channeled something or what, but he – went back to being more of himself than he was at the beginning of the year. And I think that the being back on a team that's going to be very competitive this year is only going to ramp up his, um, his competitiveness as well as the fact that he's going to be playing in more of a man scheme rather than what the Rams ran, which was a, the softest zone you've ever seen. And so I think that also you're going to see a lot more of what made Jalen Ramsey so good in his career. I think we were not necessarily robbed of it with him in L.A., but like we just didn't get to see it as much just because of the scheme they ran. But this year we'll get to see him more matching up and going head to head with uh, like number one, number two receivers this year, as opposed to previous years where he kind of just defended one side of the field. Yeah, I mean. Xavier Howard is a is a true number one. He he's very good, and then Ramsey is probably capable of being a true number one. But at this point in his career, maybe he's best served not. He's just in an ideal situation for where he's at in his career. Right. And I like the way Miami mixes up their coverages. I know they, they do play a ton of man. You're not wrong about that. They also play you know a good mix of cover three. They mix in some cover two. We know Ramsey's pretty good in that off zone, but I think you know he needs to be in a scheme that's going to mix it up. 
Um, the way Miami plays their cover three, too, it's not necessarily that off zone. They, they do press a little bit more and play cover three. I think Ramsey's really good in press. So um, I, I like I, I like him in this single high look a lot more than what he was doing in L.A. the last couple of years. L.A.'s system was so bunk. It was just gross. Once Brandon Staley left, they were basically playing like 17 yards off the ball and just allowing everything to be completed in front of them. I mean, go watch the Buffalo tape from week one last year. It was egregious egregious so oh my gosh it's like and you'd think that they'd play more downhill and we're launching into probably the wrong thing here but just because i've just because the amount of times i've watched it like they didn't play downhill they played super soft coverage it was just a bad mix of everything yeah and it it really was it was weird too because they had a good pass rush when donald was healthy and the rest of the, the d line there was healthy so there's no reason to give free completions underneath when you're going to force the ball out quickly anyways. So right. it's just, this didn't make any sense. I, I think Ramsey thrives in this system. I think he might have a little extra pep in his step this year because of it. Um, so yeah, I, I too ranked Miami also, um, they're, uh, they're slot guy. Um, I'm, his name is Kadar Kohu. Yep. Kadar Kohu. He, he really exceeded expectations last year. He, he was arguably their best corner. So, um, I, I think that's great. They have Cam Smith, who provides them legit depth on the outside. Yep. Nick Needham has started a lot of games for them at slot as well. So between Kodu and Needham, they've got depth at slot. Is like they, they seem pretty well covered. So not only are they top heavy, but they're also pretty deep. And I, I like that. Cam Smith is one of my favorite corners in this draft too, by the way. Yeah. Um, reminds me a lot of Pat Sertan. Obviously not the same chops necessarily coming out, but similar body type, wingspan, play, you know, plays very similarly. So. I'm a big Cam Smith guy. Really like what they what they've got going on there in Miami. So they are also my number one. Who's your number two? My number two is the Eagles. Ooh, okay. The Eagles I, were my four. They were your four. Yep. Yeah. And I, would for say, me. I would say my top five was like a tier. Or top yeah, top five was like a tier. Yeah. Actually, no, top four. So. Yeah, I just top to bottom again, similar to Miami. I mean, Darius Slay, he's proven himself. He's near – he's what? He's a 30 now, but he still, you know, goes goes one-on-one with every number one receiver and performs well week in, week out. Bradbury's an awesome number two. Maddox plays well in the slot. And then they, they got Greedy Williams, who has been injured and not, like, totally there every year, but still a guy that came out highly touted and has played played snaps in Cleveland. I think that he could thrive in a, in the Eagle system. And then they went and got um, Ringo, which, you know, the value that they got him in, I think the, what they got him in the fourth round. Yeah. Like they did the vet, like the value there of a guy that, you know, was supposedly I mean, pre or mid college season, end of college season, he was being touted as CB one. Obviously, things change during the draft process, but still, he's a guy that, again, I think has a lot of upside, and they can, and with the depth that he provides and being able to work him in a little bit, he's it gives him a great number five at like at the quarterback spot. I just think top to bottom, the Eagles, you know, they showed it last year, and I think they're going to continue to show it. They they just look like a they have a great squad at cornerback, for sure. I mean, Slay and Bradbury are an excellent one-two punch. Slay's obviously getting a little older. Bradbury, what I love about him, man, he's proved concept now in three different systems. Like he was obviously very good in Carolina. 
went to New York, was very good in their system, which was very different than what he was doing in Carolina. Then yeah. goes to Eagles, who they play a, a more similar brand to what he did in Carolina, but it's still different. It's still a lot more off type stuff. So, you know, really, really zone heavy. Yeah. They, I think Bradbury is like low key. He might be better than Slay at this point in his career. Point being, though, they have two legit number ones. Right. Only real question mark for them, and the reason I had them four and not high, and four still obviously very high, but um, just slot depth is my big concern. I think Ringo and Greedy Williams are good outside depth. Yeah. If Monty Maddox gets hurt, what do they do? Um, is it Kayvon Wallace? Is it like they lost uh, Gardner Johnson, who was a safety for them? Yeah. I think he gave them confidence that if Maddox got hurt, Maddox has been banged up the last couple of years. That's why I'm, that's why I'm bringing this up. But yeah, uh, you know, Chauncey Gardner Johnson gave them confidence. You know, if, if Maddox got hurt, they could play him in the slot. Um, I just, that's my only real question is just Maddox is, he's a fine three. He's a fine slot corner, but if, if he goes down, they don't really have anything behind him that can play in the slot. So. Yeah. Which is, which, yeah, that's a legit concern. But yeah. again, yeah. If, if he stays healthy though, it's, you know, probably it probably jumps up your rankings almost. Like, let's say he stays healthy for yeah. the whole year. They probably move up to three or two for you, I bet. Sure. For sure. Um, one thing that's interesting, too, about the Eagles is they play a ton of cover four. There aren't a lot of teams who have cover four as their primary coverage anymore. Yeah. Like Vic Angio did it with the Bears a few years back. But uh, this day and age, it's, it's, it is pretty rare. Philly is one of the teams that use a ton of cover four. So, um and what I love too is the way they rotate their safeties. So they they'll give you a lot of the same look pre-snap, and then post-snap you'll end up in a you know you're shifting from a single high to a, a two high cover four, or vice versa where they're showing too high and they're coming back with a you know rotating a guy up and dropping a guy out into, into like a you know single high cover three. So I think the way they rotate those safeties and, and mix up the zone looks is good for the corners. It helps you know it, it just slows down the quarterback's processing just a titch, which is enough to sometimes you know, recover if you got beat. So big fan of what they do there in Philadelphia. And actually addition by subtraction too, um, with homeboy going to Arizona. I was just about to say, if you, if you ask Chris, the upside of this group is even higher because of the departure of their defensive coordinator. So, yep. Um, so my number two, Steve was Dallas. And I'm going to contradict myself because the reason I had Philly at four was was depth at slot. Yep. Dallas has no depth at slot either. <laughs> <laughs> but Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs is just such an insane one-two punch. Gilmore yeah. was still incredible last year. People are sleeping on him. Like I, I think because the way he was like, it didn't really work out in Carolina. It was like a one-year deal, and then he got traded again to the Colts or whatever. I think people don't realize that he's still a top 10 corner in the league easily. And Trayvon Diggs is a ball hawk. I think their skill sets pair with each other so well. Yeah. Gilmore can be that eraser. Like, we're going to put him on your CB or your wide receiver one, and that's going to be his role. And then now this allows Diggs to not necessarily worry about that and just be who he is, which is a ball hawk. The guy is going to take some risks, but it's better to take risks when you're when you're checking a, a number two versus a number three. I just think this duo is nasty, super nasty, and I, I'm a huge huge fan of this duo. Yeah, I had Cowboys at number four. Um, I agree. I mean, Trayvon Diggs took another step last year. I mean, uh, the year he had 
all of his interceptions, his 11 interception game, there was always the pushback of, well, he gave up X amount of yards last year. Turnovers obviously didn't say the same. 11 interceptions is insane, but he still still forced turnovers, but his down-in, down-out performance took a leap. And so he like he has entered himself into like the legitimate CB one conversation. Whereas I think there was a lot of like I said there was a lot of pushback from the previous year, and I think he took he took he took that step, and yeah, and then yeah, Gilmore just unfortunately got buried in Indianapolis, where just a poor t- poor team, poor perform like poor performance around him. It just you know it was kind of a struggle for him. This year, I mean, he's playing with the best defense he's ever played with. It probably sent, I mean, since New England, at least that like he's going to have the clock on him guarding a guy is not going to be as long because of the pass rush that Dallas offers. And I'd like, that's going to help him so much. And again, like you said, having digs on the opposite side. I mean, if you're a quarterback, like you're either looking at a shutdown corner on one side or a guy who, reads and reacts to the ball so well and can force turnover so well. It's, it's, it's a brutal situation to play against. I, like what Dallas has set up on their defense start, honestly, starting with their defensive line and their quarter cornerbacks. It's, it's going to be something to, to watch this year. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Dallas has sneakily improved like in a lot of areas on their team. Um, it is interesting that so far, you know, we've talked about three teams, Miami, Dallas, and Philly. All three of those teams were also in our wide receiver rankings. So it's like, hey, maybe good teams know how to prioritize certain positions. <laughs> it's almost like they're two of the most important positions on the field. Yeah, just just leaving that out there. Affecting the pass game is obviously <laughs> very, very important. So um, one under underdog here, too, is Calvin Joseph. Um, he was their second-round pick top 50 pick in 2021 was yeah. basically the entire first season was uh, with a torn ACL was slow coming back last year had a I think he only played like 150 ish snaps and had moments where he looked pretty good I wonder if they might try him in the slot at all um, he's a bigger guy he's 6'2 but um, really really fluid mover really fast guy too. yeah like top he is legit so um, that could you know that that's a at worst I think he gives them some outside depth. And Deron Bland and Nation Wright are you know slot guys, so um, I think Kelvin Joseph gives them some some good outside depth. But um, that's an under underrated aspect to their their group because I think most people are listing him as like their CB five when in reality he's probably their third best corner. So, and that's saying something because Deron Bland played well last year. I mean, for him having to step in and. and play when I don't think Dallas expected him to play as many snaps as he did. He performed very well and he held up his end of the bargain. I like to have him as a depth piece, as a guy that legitimately can just step in and you don't lose too much. There's a lot to be said about that as well. For sure. All right. That was my two. Throw us your three. My number three, I went with the Jets. Okay, okay, okay. They were my number five. We're we're definitely more synced up than I thought we would be here. Um, yeah, I Sauce Gardner, obviously what he did last year was insane. He exceeded everybody's expectations and for where he got drafted and everything for him to perform the way he did was I mean, I don't I don't even think that 
his biggest supporters anticipated him doing that. And I don't really see a, a drop off coming because it wasn't fluky stuff. It was just legitimate shutdown corner stuff. Like it was just legit. And DJ Reed, I think that he, because of sauce doesn't get talked about enough, but I really, really like what DJ Reed is and like what he does as a player. I think that he's a great number, a great number two next to Gardner. I think like he can do so many things at, at corner. And then Michael Carter, the second I'm not as high on, but again, when you have, when you have guys next to him, like Reed and Gardner, you know, he has a little bit of protection there and just overall, again, they're, and, they're a good team, and I, I like Bryce Hall as well as a depth piece. Um, yeah. It's just like, again, there's a reason that that defense was so good last year, and it really, like, for them, it really started back to front. What they were able to do in the secondary helped, helped them be what that defense is, and I expect a lot of these guys to take a step forward this year with the rejuvenation, oh, the hopeful rejuvenation of the offense and not having to be on the field as many times as they were on the field last year, because I have to imagine that those guys were gassed after every game with the amount of turnovers, three and outs that they had to endure and to still put up these statistics and to still defend the pass the way that they did. I think that I, that that's why I have them. At, no, that's why I have them there is that, you know, I expect them to take a step forward because of another year of development, another year of being together and also just a year of potentially not having to worry about, three to four turnovers per game yeah uh i you know you didn't say anything that was wrong i i mean shoot sauce gardner is phenomenal he's made an argument that he's the best corner in the league after one season the only reason like so just because of sauce i couldn't let them get out of the top five that's why they're five for me right i'm more hesitant on them to put them i guess higher is because DJ Reed, like, there's something like he was phenomenal last year. He was a top ten corner. My only concern is like this was a guy who he's on his third team. He's only five nine. I like good corners typically don't move around as much quickly too. Like I think he came in the league in 2018. He's already on his third team. Played for the 49ers for a couple of years. Played for the Seahawks for a couple of years. And now it's like why? So why did two teams give up on him? I'm just I'm just hopeful that it's not fool's gold. I'm hopeful what we saw last year is what he does again this year. Yeah. If he if he recaps and comes back just as strong as he was last year, then yeah, they're for sure a top three unit to me. I'm just I guess a little skeptical of what he brings to the table. Michael Carter, kind of the same thing. I didn't think he was a high pedigree guy coming into the league. He played out of his mind last year, so I don't yeah. know. It, if those two specifically kind of keep it up and play at the same level, then yeah, they're easily a top three unit. I'm kind of predicting a little bit more of a regression. I also don't know that Sauce can like repeat what he did last year. See, and that's and that, my that is my concern with them is that you have we have seen in the past a guy jump out at corner and play really well, and then have a small regression the next year. I think yep. that that potentially could come again from what we've seen on tape i don't necessarily think that's gonna happen but i mean obviously the potential is there i mean like you said to go from first year to being potentially being the number one cornerback in the nfl it's inevitable that there's a potential for a drop off there when you when you reach the peak there's nowhere to go but down 
Yeah, for sure. I and, and honestly, like whether you're looking at our data set or anyone else's data set, cornerback play is the least sticky year over year. Yeah. It's really hard to be consistent. Now, you don't have massive swings where a guy's really good, then he's bad. But he, usually to hit an elite season and hit multiple of them, there's very few guys that do that. This is why, I, this is why I'm so high in Darius Slay. This dude, outside of like a six-game stretch in Detroit during the end of the Matt Patricia era, this dude has been exactly the same guy for a decade. Yes. It's incredible how consistent he is. Yes. He hasn't had that elite, crazy, I'm the best corner in the league season, but he also hasn't had a season where you're like, he's probably not a top 15 guy. Like he's right. in somewhere between 1 and 15 every single season. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible what Darius Slay has done. So that, I mean, that's why I'm such a big Slay guy. But uh, yeah, I, I think Sauce might have a, a slight regression because I just, I don't know that he can keep up elite corner. If he, if he does, oh my God, this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. But that is why uh, I believe in Sauce, though, is that like Darius Slay, I think what, Dar- what made Darius Slay and has made Darius Slay so well is his ball skills. He's amazing at getting his hands on the ball. He, he leads. If you do any metric three, four, five years of the past, you know, X amount of years, he's either leading or at the top in pass breakup numbers. So, like, the guy just has great ball skills. And I see that similarly with uh, Sauce, where he just has really good ball skills. He just is very intuitive, and he, he just knows how to get his hands on the ball, knows how to fight through receivers' hands, knows how knows where to be and when to be there. And Slay's very similar in that. And so that's why I think that, you know, it wasn't fool's gold and I don't see a big drop off is because of his ball skills and his and because of his ability to just stay sticky to a receiver. It does yeah. remind me of Darius Slay a little bit. And so that's why I am I feel confident about him because of that those intangibles, those that ability to that innate ability to just find the ball, get to the ball and make a play on it. Not a lot of, like, if you watch, not a lot of corners have that instinctive ball skills. Some that, it's a little bit tough for some guys, but Sauce, Slay, Ramsey, like the, the guys that you see at the top, they're the guys that get to the ball and know how to play the ball. Yep. All right. My number three is the, the Los Angeles Chargers. Where did you have them? I had them at seven. Seven, okay. Cool. I'm. I. I kind of figured you might be lower on them because J.C. Jackson had such a pitiful year last year. That's. But <laughs> the Chargers have, in my opinion, the most underrated corner in the entire NFL, and that is Michael Davis. This guy, he gets slept on constantly. Like when we're talking best cornerback units, no one even utters the man's name. No. And he has been a top fifteen guy for several three four years in a row now, guys. Since he took over as a starter there, he's been. Very, very good. Very solid. You put it into the mix. Asante Samuel Jr. is excellent in his own right. I don't even need J.C. Jackson to get back to where he was in New England. I just need him to be like above average, and, I'm, and this is a, a top you know, three unit for me. If J.C. Jackson gets to where he was or even close to that, oh, my God. They're cooking with gasoline with this unit. This is We talked about this unit last year as being elite, elite, elite because – the potential with with jc jackson yeah uh, asante samuel jr and michael davis and what i really like about them is all their skill sets complement each other so well like asante is a zone phenom this guy has elite ball skills just like his daddy and 
the Chargers are going to mix in some really cool disguised zone coverages where they're doing a lot of safety rotations, slot walkbacks, safeties walking up. They're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff like that. They also play a good amount of man, which is helpful for J.C. Jackson because that's what he's best at. Yeah, Michael Davis is good at both cover three and cover one. I I just really love how these guys complement each other. I think they can be game plan specific with this group. Assuming J.C. Jackson is fully healthy and ready to rock, I I love this unit. Like I really really do. And and then you mix on top. Their pass rush is pretty good. Like they're not going to be tested that often. Just like the same thing that could be said for Dallas. It's like one of those guys ever going to get tested? Right. Good luck. You know. I mean, yeah. I think the are in a similar situation here. So. Do you think nobody talks about Michael Davis because he wears number forty-three? It could be. <laughs> could be. Because because every time I see it on the field, I'm like, that's forties numbers for a cornerback. I just don't like it. Yeah, for those that want to know how good Michael Davis is, he so they had a guy by the name of Casey Hayward Jr. in L.A. Former or also San Diego, he was there too. But Casey Hayward Jr. was a top ten corner. His entire yep. time in LA, yeah. and they let him walk for like not a lot of money to go with Michael Davis Jr. Instead, I think when Hayward Jr. left, he went to the Raiders, and he got paid like eight million bucks that next yeah. year. Um, that which for which for mean, a corner who has like legit who, who like at that time had a legit upside, yeah, that's not a lot for that, a lot. for that position. Yep, but now he's down. Case he's down in Atlanta, right? Casey Hayward Jr. Yeah, he's a lot older, but Davis yeah, he, is, David missed a beat with Davis starting in that spot. So, anyways, yeah, I that, that's why I like the Chargers. I, I just think they're, you know, if JC Jackson is, he he definitely needs to bounce back. So I'm projecting a little bit, but even if he just gives them like above average corner play, I think this unit is phenomenal. Yeah, the upside's there. JC Jackson was the one that scared me off of it. I really like Asante Samuel Jr., uh, but yeah, if J.C. Jackson can get back to what he was and the reason why they saw, and the reason they signed him, then absolutely. I mean, I could see them jumping up to be to like compete for you know top three units. Like that's the upside they have with J.C. Jackson there. It's just a matter of you know, I last year scared a lot of people with the injury with being injured and then the performance was just not even close to what it was in new England. So if he can make a, if he can bounce back, the upside for this unit is pretty insane. Agreed. All right. We've done my top five scattershot style. We've done your top four in yep. order. Throw out your number five. Number five is I put the, and now I'm questioning it. But, yeah, I'm I'm going with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. This is our first big-time discrepancy. And this is mainly that I believe in in the players. And now that that Joe Woods is gone, I, I just think that this unit's due for a bounce back. Like, Denzel Ward is... Again, another guy that is continually at the top when it comes to like corner rankings, and new like Greg Newsom, his rookie year was insane. Last year he had a bit of drop, a bit of a drop off. He's still okay though. He's still pretty good. Yeah, he's still a great player. And then Mar- I like Martin Emerson. He 
show he showed up and played well when he was called upon. I just think that you know I'm hoping for a bounce back with a little bit new structure, a little bit new, um, a little bit new flavor in the defensive room. Um, like this was one of the best teams in man coverage. Like the Cleveland Browns in man coverage was one of the best teams. It was when they is when they went into zone that things got really really dirty really quickly. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that they lean more into that because Newsom is a is a stud in man to man, and I think that Ward is all like Ward and Newsom are studs in man to man. I think that that if they lean into that more, the upside of this unit is there. It was just again, it was when they got into zone coverage, you saw so many communication breaks, so many just like lack of again. I think it was just purely communication or scheme or whatever, but it just. Whenever they dipped into zone, that's when teams gashed them. There, you would just see blatant holes all over the field. But when they they went into man to man, it completely flipped the script. And it's a team that you know Miles Garrett's there. He's going to provide support. He's going to provide the pass rush. I think that again, I'm banking on upside here. I'm banking on what they what they can be and what they've shown to be at times. I mean, again, last year was a tough year. The year before, they were I think they were a top two unit. Like statistically, man and yep. zone, they played incredibly well. It was a, a shutdown unit. And I think that they got away from it last year for whatever reason. You know, we're not in the room, so I can't speak to exactly what happened. But I think that leaning well, more into like a stability. And I think what? that affected. So the team in general just had a, a lack of stability, I think, with the quarterback situation. Yeah. You know, being suspended for so long, Brissett, you know, having to make that transition, it just. Uh, the whole team was off for most yeah. of the year, so which I is fair. There, yep. And so this is, yeah, this is a bet on upside and a bet on what I've seen them do, and that I think that they'll do it more consistently this year with less noise around the organization, more focus on the football, whether that's right or not. But there'll be more focus there, and I think that we'll see a jump from them, and we'll see you know more of a push to what they were in 2021 rather than what they were last year. Yeah. So I didn't put them in my top 10. I had them listed as an honorable mention, but I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, what? I think I am going to slide them in 10. I'm, I'm making a change on the fly. They're going to be my 10, 10th overall team. I, yeah. I like all the points you made specifically. They, um, my, my one big concern with them was ball production. And I was just looking at interception numbers and, you know, Ward only had three and then Emerson and, and Newsom combined for zero picks. Then I looked at force and completion rate and, and both Ward and Emerson were top 15. Yeah. Um, which is, that's good ball production. So I think interception luck will change a little bit for them. Yeah. Um, Newsom is the one guy who's got to, he's got to get his hands on, on the ball more. But I think Ward is, he's a fantastic corner. He can play zone or man. I don't, I'm not too concerned with scheme for him. The other guys, I think, are better equipped to play a little bit more man. But, um, yeah, I, I, this is a really good unit. You made some good points. It's a, it's a really solid unit. So, um, Depth-wise, not not too sure. Um, not a big Cam Mitchell guy. Not a big A.J. Green guy. But those starting three, they're, they're studly. So. Yeah. Um, I'm, so I moved them to 10 officially. Don't want to get them inside the top 10 there. But, um, all right. Moving on, my number six team is the Buffalo Bills. And I went back and forth with this. 
um, I, I had them lower, moved them higher, moved them lower again, then moved them higher. Ultimately, I just settled on, you know, Tredavious White is one of the best corners in the league. Kair Elam and Christian Bedford, they were both rookies last year. They both played pretty well for rookies. Um, they yeah. had bad moments for sure. When when Buffalo's pass rush fell apart, the whole secondary fell apart. Right. Uh, so and some there was a lot of injuries as well. Tre'Davious White missed a lot of the year. Um, there there were multiple weeks where we didn't know who was playing corner for Buffalo. Right. So right. Some of the stats as a team looked bad, but I don't think it was on the shoulders of this starting unit. Taron Johnson would be the third guy there, the slot guy. And plus, they use a lot of three safety stuff. Um, they have really good safety play. They kind of they, we shouldn't count them into the cornerback room, but because Jordan Poyer will play over the slot or Micah Hyde will come play over the slot, you kind of have to factor that in a little bit. Yeah, uh, I, I just think top to bottom, they they're just a really good unit, solid unit. I'm expecting Kyer Elam to take a big step forward this year, um, and then we already know White and Taron Johnson are good. So, yeah, and like you said, what Elam, Dane Jackson, Christian Benford, guys who if you look at the depth chart right now are listed at like two, four and five, all got snaps at like cornerback one, cornerback two. Yeah. And you know, like the Von Miller going down their pressure rate dipped pretty significantly post his injury. And I mean, I don't know any, any cornerback unit that does well without a without at least a solid pass rush in front of them. Like that's, it's just the nature of the business. And like you said, I think that'll bounce back. They put a, they prioritized rushing the pass, rushing the pass there in the off season, and I think that yeah, this is a, it's a unit that if Elam takes another step this year and Tre'Davious White returns back to what he has been, then yeah, this is I mean it's a great it's a great unit all around. Uh, Johnson's consistently I think not talked about enough as of what he does in the slot and what he does in run support. He's a great. Um, he's a great at uh, slot corner. Yeah, absolutely. And so like, yeah, I, I really like their unit. I had them, I had them at number seven. Uh, oh, nice. But yeah, I, yeah, I, you, I thought you had charges at seven. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. I had charges at seven. It was bills at eight. Um, yeah, I, I do like what this team is. And again, it's a lot of guys that have legitimate snaps that can come in and, play if they need them to so that there's a lot of value to that of having guys that have seen action in meaningful games too like it's not like this it's not like this was a a unit that was coming in playing for a five and ten team where they're getting snaps and that and those types of games it was a team that was still making a playoff run and still going into the playoffs like these guys were getting snaps so there's a lot i think there's there is a lot of value to that type of experience and how deep that goes all the way to cornerback five yes sir all right who was your number six team number six i had the denver broncos nice another honorable mention for me yeah this um, it, i mean it it starts with patrick sertan for me i mean yeah. again that's also is, ends for me though, the problem <laughs> but I like Kayvon Williams. I think he's got legit chops. And I think that, you know, I, again, I, this is another team that I'm expecting to take a step forward, hopefully because of offensive production. Like this is a, this is another unit similar to the Browns that was on the field constantly because of their offense. And just because of that, it's, 
they're, it's going to break eventually if you give an offense enough opportunities, and especially playing in the division that they play in. Sure. Like, I think that this year, if they have a little bit better offense, the defense won't be out there as much. And Sertan, I think, is a, I mean, he's a top five corner right now. He's, in my opinion, yeah, he's absolutely legit. And I, again, I think Kwan Williams is uh, is going to be a legitimate contributor. I think that he's going to take a step forward. I I just it is the other side opposite Sertan that you know it's a little bit wishy washy. But again, I think I'm placing value on what Sertan is a little bit higher. Similarly to how you kind of did with the Raiders with Devonte Adams mm-hmm. in our receiver rankings. This is kind of what I'm doing with Denver. Is I yeah, really like I really like their scheme. And I think Sertan, it just he elevates that unit so much. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I would. I think Sertan's probably a top three guy, to be honest with you. So um, I, I can see that. Um, all right, my so you are your number seven was the Chargers. Your eight was Buffalo. My number seven. This is the first big one where you're going to be like, what <laughs> is the Houston Texans? Okay. Nobody thinks the Houston Texans have anything good at any position. <laughs> I think they have a good cornerback room. Um, Derek Steenley Jr., Steven Nelson, Desmond King, Shaquille Griffin, Tevier Thomas. This is insane depth for a team that's considered to be horrible. Yeah. Stingley, he didn't play like it last year, but he has a true number one corner, lockdown corner potential. Yeah, Steven Nelson has been a good player in the league. Desmond King's been one of the better slot corners in the league since he, you know, came into the league. Uh, played with the Chargers for a while. Played with. He'd Tennessee be talked for, about a lot more if he was on another team. Absolutely, and it, positional clarity I think is important for some fans. Um, you know, he was I think drafted as technically like a safety, and then they moved him to slot yep. corner. And I don't think people have caught on yet that he's a slot corner, mostly. Shaquille Griffin is insane depth on the outside. Tevier Thomas was their best corner. Tevier Thomas, um, if, if you listen to like PFF, he was like a top 20 corner in the league last year. And he's their fifth corner. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. I I just think the depth is crazy. And they have the potential with um, with Derek Stingley Jr. To, to really get a true shutdown. And I think everyone else gets better because of him. Shaquille Griffin, like I already mentioned it, but it can't be said enough. This is their f- number four corner. And He's played a ton of snaps in the NFL, and he's played. He's had some very high level play. Like this is a legitimately good corner. So, yeah, he's gotten paid some serious cash. Too. Yeah, I. I mean, yeah, Stingley's legit, and I forgot about Desmond King honestly, and that's why I said that people forget about him because I forgot about him. I forgot he was in Houston, and I mean, this is like it was a guy that was really was pretty highly touted when he became a free agent. It was there was a lot of buzz around where he was going to go. He obviously ended up going to Houston but it's yeah I think this is a a really solid unit and I think we're going to be talking more about them in not necessarily this season but next season as the team kind of takes a step forward but I think you're going to see it come alive a little bit more I think they're going to be more with having um, Stroud there they're going to get a little bit more national attention just out of the nature of having a rookie quarterback in the or quarterback in the building and so yeah. I think we'll we'll start to see the development of it. I'm real. I like I said. I think they'll take a big step going into 2024. I worry about their pass rush, the pass rush in front of them right now. 
but sure yeah the the players are there and the guys are there they have a like you said a just a super deep room yeah all right um let's see your eight was buffalo i'll throw out my eight the green bay packers wait were they in your top 10 yeah they were at number nine for me nine okay so we're pretty close there so green bay i mean jair is probably if i had to just throw out my my top three corners i'd probably say sauce sertan and then and then jair uh, i think yeah. Jair is phenomenal his so positional good. is insane not a lot of guys can play any literally anywhere <laughs> against any archetype receiver yeah but his, his quickness and his fluid change of direction skills like he basically matches up with those really tough guys to cover and he does it in the slot. And it's, it's a very underrated value that he brings to the table. Stokes and Rasul, they're both bigger guys. Rasul matches up well with possession type receivers. Eric Stokes matches up really well with like burners, just true speed guys. Yep. Um, he's got that elite deep speed. I just like the way this unit complements each other. I think Keishon Nixon is, is a ascending player as well. Yeah. Had some draft pedigree. I know he had some off-field issues right when he got into the league, which landed him here in Green Bay as the fifth corner. But I think he's he's some decent depth there too. So, yeah, like you said with Jair, I mean, you go from one game watching the Jets and he's inside guarding Garrett Wilson. You go to another game and he's sticking outside. He travels across the entire field. Not a lot of corners still do that. He's yep. he does that every, like every For game. Sure. And I, yeah, Keyshawn Nixon's a good, uh, I really like Keyshawn Nixon. I think that he's going to, I think he's going to be an even bigger contributor this year. So I, yeah, I like the Green Bay Packers. Um, Eric Stokes just kind of worried me a little bit. He had a down year last year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you know, it was a little bit boomer bust for him. I think that again, another team that had a lot of noise around them last year, I think potentially, Changing the guard at quarterback, new just new all around in that respect. I think that it, this is a unit that could that could benefit from that and benefit from just being able to focus on football instead of having to focus on blocking out all the noise and then playing football as well. So I'm I'm excited to see what this unit is, and I mean the Green Bay Packers defense I think has insane up incredible upside. I think they they have the potential to be a top five to seven unit this year and last year wasn't as good but i think that they could return to because of what they have in the cornerback room yeah for sure um their defense is just solid all the way around for sure yeah i think that i mean they're a candidate the last it seems like the last five years they've been a candidate to be a top five defense so this is not a different year for them so which you know they haven't quite delivered on that yet yeah, I think 2021 they are pretty damn good but other yeah you know, last regress for sure and it's it's uh well it's kind of a wait and see thing you know can that pass rush really get where it needs to be they, they play like so one thing they do that's super strange steve is they play 60 six and seven dbs more than any team in the league pretty much yeah crazy they literally don't care about stopping the run no they will play he's on first down they just don't care they put so much responsibility on Devondre Campbell yeah, to be, yeah, to be the monster in the middle. Yep. Like, yeah, they value they value Devondre Campbell and they value Kenny Clark to be like, okay, we're putting it all on you guys to stop any interior runs, 
Hopefully we can stop outside runs, but good luck passing on us. That's basically their entire mentality because they yep. want they want to be the most athletic unit on the field no matter what. Yes. All right, number nine. So your nine was Green Bay. Yep. My nine is Tampa Bay. Okay. And I know I know what you're thinking here. They they were supposed to be phenomenal last year and they kind of played badly. They had some injury issues. Actually, two years in a row now they've had injury issues. Sean Murphy Bunting leaves to go to Tennessee, but they still have Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and Zion McCollum. I really like this unit. I think Davis and Dean is such an underrated outside duo. I think they're top 10. I really do. I think sometimes their stats aren't flattering, but you got to remember Todd Bowles puts them in the most insane situations imaginable. And they're going to get beat for some weird plays, but it's not necessarily the corner's faults. They're just, they're having to carry a lot of responsibility. Um, I just, I think I'm higher on Carlton Davis than most people. And I'm a noted Jamel Dean lover. Yes. I love. So um, yeah, that's, that's my argument there. Yeah, they were. In, they I don't. Even, I didn't even have an honorable mention, really. But I see where you're coming from with it. Sean Murphy Bunting leaving, or Sean Murphy Bunting leaving, was kind of a concern for me. And like you said, it's been. It was a tough year last year. It was a tough year the year before. So I'm looking to see, hopefully, a resurgence from them. But yeah, Jamel Dean's a stud, and Carlton Davis. Can it can deliver and be that guy, and he's shown it. It's just you know, again, it's it's been a tough couple of years for him because I think, like you said, I think because of the system that they're thrown in, it's going to happen to them. But I can see where you got there. I don't, I don't agree with it. I don't think they're a top ten unit, but I can see the path of how you got there. Right on. Well, then throw out your number ten team, Steve. My number ten team is the New Orleans Saints. Oh, I did not see that one coming. Yeah, I really like Marshawn Lattimore. Again, another guy that is consistently top 10 corner. And I I like what Paulson Adebo did last year. I think, he, I think he played well, and I think that it's – they was they they were on not a great team, but I, I think that he showed chops to be a legitimate outside corner. And then Roby is bounced around in the league, but I still think he's a, a solid slot corner. I think that those three guys across the board, I like what they do, and I think that they I think they deserve to be mentioned in the top ten. Alante Taylor played a bunch of outside corner for them last year too. Um, not sure if that was because of injury or what, but you know he was uh, at one point in time he was a very highly touted prospect. Alante Taylor was, and then he had a really bad combine, kind of fell yep. on some boards. Where did they end up taking him? Do you remember? I don't. Did but if you round? did they take him in the second round, they did take him in the second round. Um, there were a lot of people who thought he was going to have to convert to safety because his combine was so bad, but um, he he played decently. You know decently well for a rookie last year so um, i can see it i think they have some depth um seems like Lattimore's best football is behind him but that doesn't necessarily mean he's bad you know right so but yeah but I yeah think, I, I, think the depth I also like is, what i mean dennis allen system i think is so cornerback friendly 
And I think that's why, I mean, that's why you see New Orleans, you know, in the upper half of the NFL in defense for the last five years. Yeah. Like they're always up there. And so I, I really think that scheme combined with the guys that they have in the room, I really like what they can be and where they can go. And like I said, I think that they, like I said, they're a top 10 unit to me and I could be completely wrong, but I, I stand by that. I think, you know, Adebo and Alante Taylor are, are going to continue to ascend. Right on. Um, all right. We got to, we got to get out of here, but I did want to throw out two honorable mention teams really quick. And they're not honorable mention as in, I think they're close to top 10 right now, but I think when the season ends, maybe they are. And one of those teams is the Seattle Seahawks. Yep, I knew that. I, yep. Evan Witherspoon is a freaking baller. Tariq Woolen had an incredible rookie year, and he, you know, he's going to get better. Those two guys make a formidable one-two punch. Kobe Bryant in the slot is yep. legit. Yep. Michael Jackson also playing the slot a little bit. So I think they have a chance to be a top ten unit when it's all said and done. Yeah, the Detroit Lions also. Um, when you look at what the Lions have done, their two best corners last year were were Will Harris and Jerry Jacobs, undisputedly. Yeah. Uh, Will Harris was a revelation in the slot as like a big slot corner. Jerry Jacobs, if he had any modicum of ball skills, he'd be a top 15 corner in the NFL because his coverage is tight on every play. He just doesn't see the ball and he gets up catches because of that. But And, and he's another guy that's very versatile, can jump outside very, and inside, plays very well in both positions. And he's, he's actually kind of a freak athlete too. Um Point being, those two guys were their best corners last year, and they're now both reserve players. Yeah, the corner four and five. The Lions brought in a whole new starting cast and Cam yep. Sutton, Manuel Mosley, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, Johnson obviously going to play in the slot, maybe mixing at safety a little bit as well, but he's mostly a slot corner. And then they drafted Brian Branch, my guy from Alabama, to yeah. play basically the Chauncey Gardner Johnson role after Chauncey Gardner Johnson inevitably leaves after this year. Uh, but they, they're deep. They've got multiple guys that can play in the slot. they got three, four guys that can play on the outside. Um, Chase Lucas was a seventh-round pick last year. He looked really good in the preseason and then, unfortunately, missed the rest of the year with an injury. He's back. Uh, this team, like, massive. I, I think, like, what they have this year compared to last year is actually incredible. Um, probably maybe the arguably the most upgraded unit in the entire NFL. So while I think most people would consider them like uh, somewhere in the 20 range, I think maybe they have a chance to sneak into that top 10 when the season's all said and done. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the slot, I mean, slot position, slot receivers becoming more important year in, year out. And I think that Detroit might have one of the most solid slot defending rooms in the league right now. It just, you know, right now it's really the question marks of the outside corners can mostly stay healthy is Cam Sutton what we all think he can't what we think he is. And yeah. so it's it's really the big questions at quarterbacks one and two. Obviously like we said they do have Jerry Jacobs who they can in a pinch throw on the outside and feel confident about him and Will Harris can also jump on the outside. He didn't perform as well out there. He was definitely more, he de- definitely showed his chops in the, in the slot but I think that yeah the uh, like the range of outcomes for this unit is very large. They, like they, it could go a lot of different ways, just with all the new faces in the room. How do those gel together? You know, does everybody stay healthy? Like it's it. There's 
like I said, yeah, there's just a wide range of outcomes, but the best outcome of this unit is very, is a very, very high. Yep. For sure. All right. Let's get out of here, Steve. Um, that's going to do it. We'll be back next week with another positional breakdown, a top 10 unit breakdown. I'm not sure on the position yet. We got to talk about that, Steve, but yep. um, we'll be back nonetheless. And also the free trial of the data product is next week, or I should say the first free trial, the beta is next week. Um, if you're not sure how to get involved with that, once all the tweets go out, make sure you reach out because we would like, like to get you involved. So, all right. Yeah. Well, thanks we want as many week. eyes on it to, yeah. help uh, you know help us work out the kinks and make sure it is the best thing that could possibly ever come out for football stats for sure for sure all right thank you everyone for listening i am brett whitefield this is Stephen o'rourke and we are out thanks for tuning in to this edition of the fantasy points podcast Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.